<laughs> Live on digital media from the brand new and not quite finished VPod TV studios in beautiful Oak Brook, Illinois. Oak Brook. A lot of oaks, only one brook. It's the Weekly Wrap with your host, broadcasting legend, Bruce Wolf, and his trusty sidekick, former Liberty Magazine editor and Breitbart contributor, Tim Slagle. This week's guest, we were off for a week. We got a lot to talk about. No guests, but lots of good info. So now, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Bruce Wolf. Bruce Wolf and Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. Oh, it feels like a new studio here. <laughs> I can smell the paint. I want to eat the lead chips. Isn't it great? <laughs> it's uh, Yeah, here we are. We've upgraded. You know, no, it's it's more spacious, but it does feel like we should have hot towels uh, or towels <laughs> over us and be sitting on coals. And oh my goodness! Shirtless. But hey, I'm I'm glad. I mean, we got a three camera shoot. It's it's beautiful. Uh, I feel like I'm on TV all over again. And we are. We're in channel fifty nine point three. Although we may be moving up to channel fifty nine point two because in the pecking order of broadcast media, looks like Eric Ferguson. Is he gone? It uh, looks like that. But I, I, I wanted to, I, I had something else I wanted to mention to you, and I, I'd be remiss if I'm going to forget about it. Did you see the Chappelle special yet? The new Chappelle special? Because I have, isn't he, I have not. in your world, isn't he considered like the top yeah. comedian? Yeah, he's, okay. up, he's up there. Okay. So I, he's the kind of guy that I, I know I'm supposed to find funny. Uh, you know, it's, it's my, and I, and I do, and we even mentioned one of the things that he said a while back, which actually he was just reconstructing in his own Chappellian way, uh, a conservative sentiment. It was, it was about abortion and he was saying, mm-hmm. why should, uh, if she gets to make the decision, then why do I have to pay for it if she decides to have the baby? I mean, Absolutely. They, right. So there we go with that. Um, but he actually, apparently in this new one, and I read this uh, Michael Brendan Doherty review in National Review about it, was saying, was saying that Chappelle in this new special is apologizing for not being woke enough. So he's trying to tell these jokes about how he's on J.K. Rowling's side on the, on the transgender thing. But I really, I, I apologize. So it's, I mean, if Chappelle has to apologize for everything and so that, you know, he keeps his cred... As, as an outcast. Yeah, that makes no sense. I mean, he's a professional outcast. I mean, his, yeah. his, his claim to fame is uh, telling telling Comedy Central to stuff their fifty million. Right. But now it's oh no no you've got to you mind your p's and q's about the lgbqs and t's and a pluses. You know, you yeah. saw the same thing with Chris yeah. Rock. You know, he, oh, okay. he he did he did he did a bunch of stuff in the beginning that conservatives kind of said, oh, this guy's kind of funny. Right. You know, he did the how not to get beat down by the police. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Google it. Google it if you've never seen it. I haven't. And it's basically, Mm -hmm. it's basically, you don't mouth off, you talk polite. Right. And then, you know, there's funny ones like, uh, uh, don't bring your girlfriend if she's mad at you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but but no, that's all out now. So, I mean, there is no, and and to talk about a chilling effect, and here's where it actually should work is, uh, do you, uh, have you ever heard of Eric Ferguson? Do you know who he is at all? You don't, <laughs> which is good because you've been touring the country and, and doing the comedy I'm, I'm, thing. I'm guessing, is he the radio guy? He's the radio yeah, guy. Yeah, that just... Uh, he's been the highest paid 
This is why I want to talk about him, because I hate him so much. And I hate him for various reasons. First of all, he's made so much money. Sure. He's made about a million dollars a year for the past 20 years. And it's how he makes his money. It's not that he's untalented. He has some talent. But basically... He has, he has ta a great talent at doing a show I can't listen to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't like it either. So here's the thing. His show is is that he appeals at radio... To, to women. Uh, right. And all, all the other shows, we, we all... The sports radio and the Steve Dolls and Jonathan Brandmeyers and the shows that I were on, I was on, uh, all basically were divvying up the male audience. Eric Ferguson had the entire female audience to him because they love this female female suburban audience. They love Eric talking about the Kardashians <laughs> and and making fun of Justin yeah. Bieber. And the thing is, this girl talk. Well, I don't care about that at all, and I can't make fun of it. I make fun of the guy who is is talking about it, and he's the guy. Well, it turns out that Eric <laughs> Ferguson, for example, has made page one of the Tribune their lead story because you know it's good to be king, and when you make a million dollars a year, you got to do something. So. This one woman, well, let, let, let's put it this way. The next thing that Eric's going to be doing is pressing his nose up against the glass of the group therapy meeting of Charlie Rose and Matt Lauer because <laughs> it, it, he's, here's what, here, an assistant producer sued him for harassment. Now, it, this goes back to 2003, and I don't know if we could say all this on the air. Get ready, get ready to hit the delay, is um, that beginning in 2003 for about eight months, she... Uh, provided oral sex to uh, Eric like, yeah. twice a month wow. for eight months. But then she broke it off, and, and, uh, pronoun antecedent. Stop, there, do by it, stop it, doing it. By, well, by it, I mean the relationship. Not <laughs> oh, okay. But she stayed on the job. And by job, I mean employment uh, <laughs> there. But she stayed for 16 more years. Okay, so you can't actually complain about what you had to do if you if you keep sure. staying. But she, her lawyer's clever, and she and she may have a basis for a case here. He would actually make fun of her over the next sixteen years by by uh, euphemistically referring to the fact that he wanted a, a back rub, which was <laughs> so so she was being taunted and harassed huh. and uh, and all the like uh, over that. And she was ostensibly fired because there was a cost cutting mood because radio was cratering because you know. Podcasts like ours are taking over the world right now. So, uh, so she was fired uh, last year. But I, w I was thinking that if you actually amortize the amount of oral sex she was required to give over the twenty years that she worked at the station, does it even come out to as much as the typical Eric female suburban listener provides her husband? Uh, so, uh, but anyway, uh, and then there's this other incident. There's a saleswoman who worked at the station, and he once asked if she, her breasts were real. And instead of co coming up with the rejoinder, they're real and spectacular. No, she, she just got upset about it. And then at a Christmas party, he actually apparently, according to her, felt her up. And her husband was also a salesperson at the station. So, of course, he doesn't do anything. He's totally neutered over that. And so what have they done for the last 18 years? They have fumed about it until now where they signed an affidavit saying that Eric had done this 18 years ago. So the, the guns are out for Eric. And then there's his on-air radio. Uh, 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 these are both last century, right? Pretty much. Uh, for almost last century. Yeah. Right. Are you saying the statute of limitations is run on this stuff? You, anyway. You'd think. Uh, on-air radio partner Melissa. Okay, she replaced Eric's on-air partner, Kathy, who left under a cloud of, of mystery a few years ago. Now, Melissa uh, left, and 
and we didn't know why she had left until the other day when it was revealed that she suffered too. Uh, for one, Eric made her wear a bikini for a video. And for another, he'd ridicule her on the air. He also ridiculed her off air talking about whether she was going through hot flashes and the like. And she's filed a complaint with the EEOC. Now, here's the problem. Well, first of all, the station has taken him off the air, and that's for Rocktober, as somebody tweeted to me. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a big deal. Uh, but management said they have done a thorough investigation and found nothing to corroborate the claims against Eric. But they've taken him off the air to go through the thoughtful process of what? Realizing their investigation wasn't thorough? <laughs> I mean, it's total management gobbledygook on this. And now, here's my problem. I mean, if he's ridiculing them on the air, I, these women made money by shaming themselves on the air. So do they have to give the money back for? I mean, if if you require somebody to do a video, uh, wear a bikini, wear a bikini in a video. I mean, that's that's part of the show. Yeah. If he ridicules you on the show, that's part of the show. I can see the off-air stuff. That's just that's just uh, costume. Totally, totally. And here's the thing: uh, I, I take the Jerky Boys philosophy of the law. Sue everyone. So uh, Eric should be sued. His bosses who covered it up should be sued. And most of all, the listeners should be sued because they enjoyed all this stuff for the past 20 years. I think the FCC should mandate that the listeners listen to WBEZ for six months and then earn a passport, which allows them to listen to the radio again. Uh, Because they, I mean, you know, after all, it was you and me, said Mick Jagger. And it wasn't just killing the Kennedys, man. It was killing... You know, so uh, I just <laughs> and like I say, we so we will be shortly moving up to channel fifty nine point two. Harassment uh, killed the radio star. <laughs> now, what I really love, it's it's going to really be funny when the station tries to deny Eric the final three years on his contract, tries to deny paying him based on his violation of the morals clause in his contract, which they themselves said they investigated and said he didn't violate. So they're 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 going to have it both ways. That's. I, I, and, and yeah, but if he, but if he did it eighteen years ago, that was that was like three he, four contracts. Ago, he right? actually he actually the the argument is that he was doing it like up until the time that these people were were fired or left. I mean, you know, with hostile language and and, really? and, and gestures and things like that, <laughs> which made him very upset. But uh, anyway, uh, so I hope he goes. Uh, and uh, well, good, you know, good there's, there's probably he could probably get a job in sports talk. I, no, no, no! You don't know. You don't know sports talk. You don't know sports. Talk. No, I, I, old sports talk. Yes, new sports talk is woke. Oh, they're totally oh, woke. Really? Now. Oh, yeah. And uh, you're right. Oh, you don't oh, know. You geez. can't tell jokes about uh, about sex or anything like that. Dan McNeil so got they, fired they're, they're, from the they're, score. They're going to be covering the WNBA. And... Well, that's the thing. They, they there's you got to draw a line. <laughs> and you're going to cover no, soccer. Nobody's covering the WNBA. I think uh, uh, sports talkers are allowed to tweet about it on occasion as long as they don't go crazy, but not actually talk about it on the air. But I'm thinking that uh, what it used to be Eric and Kathy uh, it's. I think maybe they'll come up with the Ann Kathy show, or the Ann Melissa show. Do you remember that was the joke? Remember when Freddie Prince Jr. died? Oh yeah, and the, and so, the man, and the man, and, and the, man the man was the joke. So it's a variation on a Jack Albertson Freddie Prince joke right there. I like to resurrect the old jokes there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so there you go. All right, there's Eric Ferguson. We'll see if the what the Ferguson effect is like. Uh, and uh, in, in Chicago broadcasting, if if we all move up a notch, uh, right there, and uh, no, he, he's not going to get into sports talk. Uh, he's done. 
He's he's finished. Which I think uh, the Schadenfreude is <laughs> absolutely love it. All right, coming up uh, in the next segment, uh, what are we going to be talking about? Uh, oh, probably uh, Terry uh, McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe, whoever he is, on the weekly wrap. So first of all, this shows how clueless Glenn Youngkin is. He doesn't understand what the laws were because he's never been involved here in helping Virginia. But it was not. The parents had to write to veto bills, veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledge about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decision. (laughs) So... Yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. What what do parents (laughs) have to do with their children? Bruce Wolf and Tim Slingle on the weekly wrap. Um, Yeah, it's Terry McAuliffe, uh, candidate for governor of Virginia. Uh, At least he's uh, honest about it. Sure. It says parents don't have a right to say uh, to to control their children's destiny. Hey, as far as I'm concerned. It all started with the sex education back in the 60s. <laughs> I mean, when they started telling you to go, you know, we had, I had nine weeks of sex education, nine weeks of laughter. But it was, but that, that's, it was, you know. Well, now the sex education, it's detailed. I mean, well, they, they hand they, out the condoms to the five-year-olds. A little right? bit, I mean, a little bit further. I mean, they, 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 they show like how to. Uh, I don't know how much I can say here, right, right. <laughs> but things you cover your mouth. It's things okay. that they burned villages for in the Bible. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I mean, now being taught in school, most of the teachers would turn into pillars of salt. <laughs> uh, now that uh, so, yeah. Terry McAuliffe says, and and Merrick Garland, who by the way graduated from Niles West in 1970. Oh. Uh, I graduated from Niles East in 1971. Uh, I, we, we well. took divergent paths. <laughs> so he uh, issued this memorandum or whatever it was. It, it basically labels people who complain to the school boards as domestic terrorists. Sure. If you complain to the school board. That's right. So, I mean, January 6th, uh, you know, that, that's an insur- insurrection. This is, uh, you're Terror- not allowed to complain terrorism. to the school yeah. boards. And, and somebody you're pointed out. You're getting in the way of the indoctrination. Right. It's, you're Mer- not allowed to do well, that. Well, and, and remember, parents aren't experts. Uh, you know, first of all, the easiest degree in the world to get is a freaking education degree. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather have a GED than an education degree. Uh, you think these teachers know more than you do? Uh, no, I don't think so. So, uh, I mean, some of them are very good. I always have to have that caveat because I don't want my grandchildren to be flunked out. But Merrick Garland's son-in-law apparently is the co-founder of Panorama Education, a big data firm that has made millions selling critical race theory curriculum to school districts across the country. Uh, Merrick, I, I would think if that's true, that you should recuse yourself yeah, it's, from this. It's uh, um, fascinating. Yeah. That's a, just fascinating to me. Is, is he, 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 wants, he wants critical race theory enforced in schools because uh, he'll lose money. I, I just didn't think he was so, you know, uh, had such pecuniary interests in that. If, you know, he, he would have done the Niles West thing uh, and, and, you know, <laughs> gone and owned a hardware store or something like that. I, mean, I, I thought he cared about the law. So I'm a little bit shocked by that. Okay, so then Josh Hawley hauled in uh, the number two, who was number two? Lisa Monaco. Lisa Monaco, thank you. 
say that in my ear, like so I can look like Joe Buck and I know what I'm talking about. Even though somebody's talking, it's third down, Joe. It's third and seven. Okay, it's third and seven, right? Um, yeah, Lisa Monaco, the uh, number two at the uh, AG's office, uh, hauled in by Josh, Josh Hawley to talk about this very issue. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Monaco, I want to come back to this extraordinary letter and memorandum that the Attorney General of the United States issued yesterday. Practically every day brings new reports about this administration weaponizing the federal bureaucracy to go after political opponents. Frankly, I don't think we've ever seen anything like it in American history. I mean, for those of us who missed the McCarthy era, I guess this president is intent on bringing it to us, but with new force and new power and new urgency, unlike anything we've ever seen. Are you aware of any time in American history when an attorney general has directed the FBI to begin to intervene in school board meetings, local school board meetings? I'm not aware and I'm not aware that that and that is not going on. Let me be very, Really, very this clear. isn't about local school board meetings? That's not the subject of the memorandum? I thought that was in the memorandum. The memorandum is quite clear. It's one page, um, and it asks um, the uh, U.S. attorney community and the FBI special agents in charge to I convene object. state and local law enforcement Objection, partners, Your Honor. Um, <laughs> Shut up! An open line Shut your mouth! To address threats, Have to you address no violence. decency, Ms. Monaco? Um, and that's the appropriate role of the Pardon Department of Justice Army to make sure hearings. that okay. we are addressing blah, blah, blah. Uh, criminal conduct Sorry. and violence. Sorry. Yeah, I'll drown you out. <laughs> that's the whole point. That's my raison d'etre. First of all, I would like to say, uh, as bad as McCarthy was, his enemies could be worse. Okay. Mm. Okay. Maybe there weren't 500 communists, but there are a few. Oh, Alger Hiss was a communist. Remember what Whitaker yep. Chambers had to suffer through? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, let's let's not go that far back. It's, uh, I've often thought you you see what's coming out of Hollywood now, and I and I think that the blacklist did probably didn't go far enough. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Are we, drunk? See, that's what, that's what Are we drunk right now, Tim? <laughs> we could be. I think it's the paint chips uh, in the new studio. Anyway, uh, no, he, he, he does have a point there. And what, th- these words, domestic terrorists, they were mentioned this in the is... thing. The AP said it wasn't mentioned, but it was there. And it's a chilling effect. And, hey, what does the U.S. attorney have to do with local school boards? School board is such That's a slice. That's local yokel. It's like a slice of Americana. Right. It's like it's like the town hall and the the, <sighs> you know, the one room schoolhouse and the, you know it it, it, it it has a feel that goes back to the Puritan days. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and, and federal government, no business whatsoever. If we don't want them uh, at our schoolhouse door, okay, well, that's wrong. I mean, that's wrong. <laughs> you know, we do want James Meredith to be able to get into school. Okay, that one, yeah, all right, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. All right, so let, let's let's switch gears right now to uh, Kirsten Cinema. Uh, and and uh, did she win something at Cannes? Uh, because I, 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 I always it's it's, spelled, it's, it's Kirsten. It's, is it Kristen Wig with two eyes and Kirsten Cinema? So. All right, Kirsten Cinema. Cinema is it's spelled with an S, which which to me, if you right. if I saw a, a movie house that said it was called a cinema. Oh man! You know what? It's Liza with a Z, not Lisa with an S, because Liza with a Z goes nuts. I actually saw, I actually saw Liza Minnelli, saw Liza Minnelli at the Airy Crown Theater. Okay, I mean this is like fifty years ago. Uh. Sandy Barron opened for her, and the pantheon of comedians. Where does Sandy Barron rank? I can't Tim remember Slagle. Sandy Barron. You don't even remember I Sandy. Don't Barron. even remember. Sandy I think he Barron. opened for Dreesen. Uh, wow. You know, fifty years ago. Wow. So uh, anyway. 
got to tell you, Airy Crown Theater, not a good seat in the house. It's like the old soldier field. There wasn't a good seat in nowhere. You could be in the third row at the Airy Crown Theater. It's, I can't hear you. <laughs> so um, saw Zero Mostel in the, the producers there. He oh, died wow. two months later. Saw Rex Harrison. So it was his farewell tour. Yeah, saw Rex Harrison in My Fair Lady uh, there. He died three months later. Oh, yeah, I was the kiss of death. Stay out of my show. I, I think it's basically the Airy Crown Theater that killed them, though. <laughs> all right. So anyway, Kristen Cinema is um, going into the bathroom, all right? And, of course, she's the linchpin. She and Joe Manchin yeah. are the two votes uh, that they're going to try and uh, rest. The swing for, votes. Yeah, and Bernie Sanders says, it's a shame, it's terrible it's that a... only two votes. Were, it, and it, Bernie, you can't, and, uh, you can't add. There are 52 votes. It's our mitt and, yeah. it's our mitt and Liz. Our what and what? It's our Mitt Ron, Romney oh, Mitt, and Liz Cheney. Oh, yeah, exactly. And anyway, so at Kirsten Powers, no relation to Kirsten Cinema, who used to be on Fox, and then she left, and she was like, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like the, the hottest liberal that was. Uh, <laughs> well, she was better than Mara Eliason, you know, as I recall. So, uh, love Mara. But uh, so she apparently opined on CNN or wherever she is right now, uh, Basically, you got to expect this kind of thing. As Joe Biden says, part of the process now sure. that you get chased into bathrooms. And we're talking about a, <laughs> we're talking about a sitting U.S. senator. I mean, literally sitting <laughs> on the toilet. And I, I don't. I just have, talk about Senator McCarthy. Have you no decency? Have have these protesters no decency? Because you got to give everybody. College students want their space. You can't ask them a question. You can't look up and look at them the right way. But a but a U.S. senator can't go to the toilet without being uh, bombarded. And, All I could think of is, boy, if that was me, I would I would have given him something to tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, you want to hear what goes on here? Okay, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, fight fire with fire. I'll say that. So anyway, that. This, this thing is going to go on for quite a while uh, with Manchin and Cinema. They're they're not going to get. But Biden could have had his victory. He could have had the reconciliation. Uh, we, the Republicans, nineteen Republicans, agreed to spending a trillion and a half, which is right. outrageous to begin with. And uh, take your victory. But well, Biden, uh, in, in the, I heard John Petoritz, uh, just to drop a name uh, on his commentary podcast, say his theory is Biden figures he's not running for re-election. He's got to get it all right now, like Obama got Obamacare in the first two yep. years before they lost the House, and he's got to go for he's got to go for it right now, and he's he's got to get three and a half trillion, so that could be his legacy. Otherwise, you know, he's just a so-so uh, guy who finished what seventy seventh in his law school class at Syracuse, but said that he was third. <laughs> so uh, he's only yeah. got three reconciliations, as far as I as I understand. That's that's it. You get three reconciliations. Oh, right. There is a, yeah, and right. you can't, you, you don't want to use used, it up. He's already used two. Yeah. So Boy, this is like a game show. Isn't yeah, it? Exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. Do you want to take your reconciliation or like go to, for the majority? I'd like to buy a vowel right now <laughs> or, or, or a consonant. Is it an S or a C in front of cinema? All right. Coming up in the, our, our next segment, which will be the penultimate segment of this show, right? Uh, which is block C. Oh, no, we have a bonus block as well. Hmm. Well, coming up, what shall we talk about? How about the DOJ guy who put his mask on for three seconds? He did for, not. For, for three seconds, he put his <laughs> mask on. I mean, it's like 
You know, like when you drop your food on the floor and, you, and if you pick it up within five seconds, you can eat it. Apparently it counts if you put your mask on for three seconds. So we will talk to uh, about that DOJ guy. Uh, we got uh, Lori Lightfoot and Kim Fox. I love when radicals fight with each other over, you know, you, you arrested because somebody's got to get blamed for the crime problem in Chicago. And uh, there's a, a, a gay guy on the cover of Playboy magazine uh, right now. So... Um, yeah, I, interesting. I, I, I let my subscription lapse uh, forty-five years ago. I think. The case of Gabby Petito has gone viral, making national headlines every day. But many minority families of missing victims are questioning why they don't receive the same kind of exposure. The FBI had over 89,000 active missing person cases at the end of last year, and 45% of those were people of color. And only a fraction of those cases were even covered on the news. Shouldn't a black person have done that report? I guess. <laughs> it doesn't sound black. That's, that's the ABC way. <laughs> Bruce Wolf and uh, Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. Um, yes, yeah, there's this complaint going on that we don't cover missing. First of all, I didn't, you know, I, I, I feel bad for an, a millisecond for the family of what's her name? Gabby Petito, I guess. Or, all or, all, yeah. all I know is her boyfriend's name. His boyfriend's name is Laundry. <laughs> right. That's and all he's, I know. he's missing and he's sure. the suspect, I guess. Uh, you know, I don't follow those stories to begin with, but the point here is, and I saw it on page one of the Tribune, uh, not enough stories about black people are missing and the Tribune doesn't do stories about black people. So who, who are they criticizing here? But the thing is, is that we do, what is the news is about the bazaar. I mean, and it's just, it's, it, it's, it's more than yeah. just the bazaar. It's the alluring. I mean, admit it. Uh, Gabby. She was good. She was really, looker. really good looking. Yeah, yeah. You have a looker, you know, yeah. and uh, when a looker is missing, uh, it's like, a, it's like a script. I mean, it, it, yeah. it could have been, it could have been like a mini series. It could have been yeah. like a, uh, you know, right. good looking blonde disappears. No. Uh, uh, Creepy douchebag with a funny name. I don't think you could say that. Uh, <laughs> funny name on TV. No, you know, I, I, I hate that looks matter so much, but uh, it, I don't know why this reminded me of it. Did you see the, um, the series The Tudors? Uh, you know, it was about Henry VIII yeah. and everything like that. D did you notice that, I mean, all the people had great teeth? In in, 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 the, in the 16th century or whatever it was, there. I mean, when we know for a fact, first of all, Anne Boleyn, you probably wanted to cut off her head because she probably smelled so bad. Right? They they all smelled. They didn't have they didn't have deodorant. They didn't have uh, they didn't have razors to shave under their arms. Actually, they, if you if you look at the 70s BBC productions about British royalty, they have uh, bad uh, teeth. Time, like that. yeah, yeah, time correct. Teeth <laughs> and 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 and, and that they, they well maybe they were popular in Britain in the seventies but you can the, things have to be changed in order for us uh, to, to, yeah. for it to be palatable yeah, to absolutely. us they have to be lookers and so if you can transmogrify somebody into you know uh, but yeah I I feel bad that uh, but but it's a numbers game how are there a lot of black people who are missing. Are there? Uh, apparently, there's apparently, not apparently there's like hundreds people. of Native American women. I, I, I've are seen missing? This. Missing, yeah. yeah. Uh, every year. It's you know, probably because probably they leave. They don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's what they say. I saw yeah. something five, like 500 a year. Yeah. 
at a Wyoming reservation. But now disappear. we should feel, I feel guilty that I don't care, but I don't care about Gabby Petito that much either. I don't, so. I don't either. I, I, yeah. I can't stand, I can't stand the media well, sticking, a tabloid sticking story. the microphone yeah. in front of her yeah. parents' face and go, how do you feel? Right. What do you think? <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, I remember I was doing a TV show years ago on Channel 32, a uh, nighttime show, and we had a woman on and her son had five-year-old son had died or something and I forgot and we were going to talk about it and she said yeah they, they're telling me that this will make me feel good and all I could think about was I think I'm just exploiting you right now <laughs> and, you know I used to I used to want remember when Russ Ewing the channel five and channel seven reporter would go out and he would he would actually he was a reporter but he'd get involved in the stories because he'd get these criminals to give themselves up to the police, mm-hmm. which was a great thing. But I wanted uh, Russ also to demand that the TV stations pay the victims of the crimes that they were covering. You know, to, it's sure. like Sam Kinison when he said, give him a sandwich, you know, and that's, <laughs> it's the starving Ethiopian. You know, you're, you're covering this, the Inglewood murder du jour. Yeah. Uh, and you've got the family and you've got them crying and all that. Can you at least get a collection so that you can buy them a hot meal? Restitution or to the Inglewood yeah. families was paid for by Arby's. <laughs> right, you can sponsor the whole deal. We have the restitution. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, so yeah, I do feel a little guilty about all that. All right. Okay. So. The Department of Justice, which, of course, is responsible for telling your children to wear masks all the time. Uh, uh, besides besides being nice to the school board members. <laughs> right, right. They're involved we're, in a lot of things. Wear a mask when you refuse to harass them. Find Gabby Petito or something. Do, do something <laughs> else. But So there's this video. It's like, what, five seconds of video here. I mean, let's let's show it. it. And this is DOJ guy standing in the wings of you know the White House press room, I guess it is. And, Getting ready and, to speak. And, and and he's caught on camera. Well, let's see. Let's take a look right now at our little theater screen. <laughs> uh, so and and he's caught on camera showing uh, putting the mask on. Yeah. So that he can walk three paces and then take it <laughs> off at the podium. Yeah. And and he does it nonchalantly, not even with a you know, little uh, um, embarrassment because he didn't know that he was caught putting it on in the first place. The inference is be is. Uh, it, uh, you're supposed to believe that he's been wearing it all the time, uh, even during sex sure. with his wife. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I've seen so, his wife. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, this is this is the show. This is the theater it, that, that we're it, involved. It totally with right is. Now. I mean, you see, you, you you see the Emmys. You see the uh, you know uh, uh, Barack Obama's birthday party. None of them, none of them take it any more serious than the rest of us. Right. It's, uh, uh, As uh, La Rochefoucauld, uh, I think I've said this so many times, I believe that La Rochefoucauld is quoting me now on this. Uh, hypocrisy is the tribute that vice pays to virtue. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Uh, think about oh, that yeah. one for Could you? But I, I don't believe I should be allowed to say that because I can't actually spell La Rochefoucauld. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think very, I can pronounce I, it. Are there two O's in the La Roche? Anyway, um, yeah, it, it's, and, and you know what? Charles Murray had a, uh, a a book recently in which he encouraged civil disobedience. He said, they can't get you for everything. And this is a conservative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> encourages. Yeah. And it's getting to the point, and I think masks are, are, are going to be the litmus test or this, you know, the mask that broke the camel's back because we're, we're just not going to take, we're not going to listen anymore to all these edicts when you know, Gavin Newsom is eating at the French Laundry 
Uh, no, not that. Not the murder suspect. That's right. I, I'm getting a little dizzy right Different now. Different laundry. Yeah. So right. Uh, and 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 the and the hoi polloi uh, have to abide by all these edicts. So I, I think that's what's uh, that's what's going to happen. Meantime, of course, as you well know, it is selfish uh, for people to have children. Uh, according to a New York Magazine wow. article, uh, you see this crop up every once in a while because it's. I think it's an excuse not to have kids because kids can be a real pain. But sure. if you if you if you cloak it in the sentiment that you're saving the planet, and I don't want to bring children into a world when there's you know so many so much carbon dioxide emitting. Uh, yeah, I don't have to. I don't want to have to choose between a PlayStation Four <laughs> and braces. That's basically. I uh, think exactly. <laughs> so there's this New York Magazine article that basically said that it was selfish to have children. And we've got a little bite from what the Young Turks from it's it's six years ago, but it's still prescient. Let let's let's hear about it, hear from it. A new study indicates that having children could be more disastrous to your life than divorce <laughs> or unemployment. Now, this was a study that relied on surveys where people answered questions about their lives before having children and then after having children. It was published in the journal Demography. Now, uh, what they found, the researchers in this study, was that the effect of a new baby on a person's life in the first year is devastatingly bad. Jesus, Lord mercy. Worse than divorce, worse than unemployment, and worse even than the death of a partner. <laughs> yeah, okay, so far, given, that's a given. Look, uh, uh, you so know what? what? You know what? What I is life for, then? <laughs> what are you going to do? I'll bet you that girl has a Planned Parenthood punch card. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's always... And I lo just love when they wrap themselves in the mantle of virtue over yeah. this because they just don't want to do it. Exactly. And uh, please. And then you got... I got to feel guilty because, you know... And, and, and what funny thing is is that actually people, uh, families that have big... Uh, that are big don't have the big carbon footprints because they can't afford to fly everywhere. <laughs> Like Al Gore going from one conference to the next. How much is a how, how much is it a kid? I, what's the latest figure for raising a kid zero to eighteen? It's like a billion dollars. <laughs> it but, feels that way. But, you know, with a trillion and a half and the reconciliation <laughs> bill, it doesn't feel like that how, much how anymore. How is that? How is that selfish? Well, I for, mean, first off, I mean, and I, I we had five kids, and uh, I basically there was a rebuttable presumption. Well. If you re you can go to college if you want, but I don't really think it's absolutely necessary. And uh, whereas everybody else is, is oh no, you got you got to go to school, you got to do this. And we, I had you know kids that uh, I had one one child who had what I called the eighty thousand dollar drum lesson from Columbia College, <laughs> uh, but the graduation was fantastic because Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh man, we're, we're actually at the graduation. Oh man, I mean, body ya. I mean, that's great. It was okay, there, there's ten grand right there. I was willing to pay for that. <laughs> and then my, one of my other kids went to Columbia College, and Robert Klein. Where does he f rank in the pantheon of comedians? I loved Robert He's up Klein. There. He's up there. Well, I mean, and Robert, of course, he had. One shtick that he did the same thing. Remember when he was trying to start the car in the winter, and he's got he uses his foot. I can't show it here, but he goes. I, I can't start, I can't, I can't start, and it's his foot going like this. He also had that blues guy 
who would go, I can't stop my leg. So he was really good with his yeah. right leg. Yeah. Robert uh, Klein was a great right-legged comedian. <laughs> uh, but anyway, one of my kids, because he used to do cartwheels when he'd come into the house when he was eight years old as a tribute to us, did a cartwheel on the stage as he accepted his diploma in oh, front wow. of Robert Klein. And it's, it's an homage to us. Wow. It's, it's a tribute to us. So. So that was worth ten grand uh, at least too. <laughs> so I was only like a hundred and fifty in the a grand in the hole. Five kids, go. yeah. That's a, that's yeah. essentially yeah. You, Don't it, ask me to name them all. That's your that's okay. your uh, that's the boat you didn't get. <laughs> like I wanted a boat. I get dizzy on those things and everything. All right, coming up, we we have chit chit chat coming up. Oh, right. I can't wait for that. I want you to do the chit 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 too. I, I'll do I it if you want. If you want to do that, uh, we'll talk about sports and uh, what what else we got? Anything? We basically. Uh, oh, Channel 2 with a big story about why people steal cars. Because they're cars. They're cars. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Hey, Chet-Chet-Chet here with the Lobotomy Lot on Sports. I want to tell you, Justin Fields is now the Bears' starting quarterback, but just an audible ago, Andy Dalton was. Matt Nagy has pivoted faster than Dr. Fauci did on Christmas. Boy, that was a fast one, Fauci. I mean, even Ebenezer Scrooge made it through three tenses of Christmas, but no ghost of Christmas blew perfect, alas, before he gave up the ghost, or Marley's, that is. But Fauci reversed after he said bond before he got to humbug. Of course, Bears fans have done a little pivoting themselves. The distance between the hysteria over the Browns game and the euphoria over the Lawns game is almost as great as that between Chicago and Arlington Heights. A cautionary note, however, it was the Lions after all. The Bears actually intercepted a snap at last week's game, which reminded this reporter, and perhaps even that reporter as well, of a game in 1969 when good old number 11 Jack Cannon was trying to call a timeout, but the center Mike Pyle thought that was the snap count, and he hiked the ball to Cannon, who wasn't looking at the Cardinals. Larry Stallings ran across the line of scrimmage, intercepted the snap, and ran for a touchdown. The Bears went 1-13 that year, so a little enthusiasm curbing for this victory over the Lions, who are 0-4, but they are one of the best 0-4 teams I have ever seen. The Bears, meantime, are right on track for the double Fellini, 8.5 and 8.5, and, and, and what a difficult situation for Urban Meyer. He's the coach of the Jayville Jags, and he was videoed in a house of something less than stellar repute, pawing a stripper or something. I'm not sure because I didn't participate in the Gapers block, but Mr. Meyer has had to apologize to his team, which was giggling behind his back when he did it. So suffice it to say, oh, I'm glad I'm not an Urban Meyer wiener. That is not what I would like to be. For if I were an Urban Meyer wiener, everyone would stick a fork in me. That is the lobotomy lot of sports of chit chit chat. Conversation here. First of all, I'm not going down with anything. If if, yeah, if, if they if they fight, uh, yeah, no, I am. No, no, you are. You're going down with Larusa, and you're going down with this guy. I think I'm going to be okay. They don't pay me to be right. They no, pay no, me to you're not. Opinions. You made a declarative statement on Larusa, and you were 100% wrong. Yeah, that's true. Without question. Yes, yeah. you were, and now you're wrong that's on this guy. He's horrible. But, 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 but he's... what will happen to me for being wrong? There are no consequences to being wrong. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, we get it. You get to be a smart ass and keep your job. That's fine. But you're wrong. Okay. As long as we're in agreement make, on it that. Doesn't, it doesn't make I, I, I totally agree with Danny Parkins, who is the afternoon host uh, on the score about that. Uh, he 
he uh, ripped Tony LaRusso because the woke sportscasters thought that Tony wasn't uh, with it enough. It's interesting because Tony LaRusso actually speaks Spanish and English. So, uh, what are these guys? You know, how much do they relate to Hispanics? <laughs> oh, I took two years, hola, in, uh, in high school. They say Latin X. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, anyway, but, but he's totally right about that. I, I did get a kick out of it. The ratings came out for uh, radio uh, the other day, and uh, Danny Parkins tweeted that. Uh, his show was number one among uh, English-speaking males aged 25 to 54, and then he gave a shout-out to WOJO, the Spanish station. So that's the way you do it, because when so you don't sound like the Proud Boys or you know like yeah. they're marching uh, in Charlottesville or wherever that was. You. Uh, when you're actually touting the fact that you appeal to young white males, that's what and I, I thought. That was I, I thought that was very nuanced and, and very good of him to do that. Um, so anyway, uh, yes, I would rather not be an Urban Meyer wiener. Uh, I, I, you know, you wonder if the youngsters know that that tune. You you remember that? Oh gosh, tune. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh... Sure, uh, but he he apologized and he's fine. Okay, so let's show right now. Uh, well, let's talk uh, briefly. Uh, I, I hate when radicals are arguing with each other. Lori Lightfoot is arguing with Kim Fox. The state's attorney oh. is arguing with the mayor over whose fault it is that people are dying in Can't Chicago. Can't we all just get along? <laughs> well, there was this there was this shooting in broad daylight. It was like uh, our version of the Hatfields and McCoys, I guess. <laughs> but one person was actually killed, but it was in broad daylight, and no charges were brought. With it, from this shootout that that was witnessed by people, but the problem is the video was grainy, and mm-hmm. uh, nobody wants to talk, so you don't get anybody charged with anything. And uh, seventy just, rounds were fired. Yeah, seventy rounds. Now uh, maybe if it had been seventy-five, uh, maybe they would have been able to get that video working properly. Doesn't anybody <laughs> have a cell phone camera that works? I know the iPhone thirteen can't, is can't out they now. like put tape on people's hands to see if there's gunpowder residue? That's well, you've watched been watching way. <laughs> Too much uh, endeavor uh, on, on, on British TV. Oh yeah, no. So uh, speaking of uh, crime, Channel Two had a uh, story they were touting, uh, and the big graphic, which we will show right now, if uh, and I can actually read from impertinent part uh, from it. It says, teens are using knives and guns to steal cars in Chicago, and they're as young as 11. Why are they doing it? And what would it take to stop them? Today, Erica Sargent and E.F. Moriarty discussed the CBS Chicago special report. Tune in. Why are they doing it? Oh, to paraphrase Willie Sutton and why he robbed banks, because that's where the cars are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got <laughs> that's yeah. It's the easiest way to get the catalytic converter. <laughs> Because, <laughs> right. you know, a knife, won't, you can't get the catalytic converter off with just a knife. So just take the whole car. So Tony Preckwinkle, the Cook County uh, board president, and I suggest she move to Kane County. She could do her job <laughs> remotely. But she doesn't really want to live where she lives because she's got a security detail. And it just came out that about a week ago, there one of her detail fired shots at somebody that was trying to break into his car. But notice how it, she, they're all scrambling right now. Well, that was the Chicago police thing. I'm not supposed to bring it out. It's under an investigation. We're not supposed to... Oh, really? We're not supposed to publicize this stuff? Well, let me get this straight. We are supposed to publicize if there's a missing black woman somewhere, but we aren't supposed to publicize if there's a shooting by Tony uh, Preckwinkle's detail uh, in front of her house. What kind of car does she have that somebody wanted to steal? Oh, maybe it, it might have been his his car. I'm not sure whose car it was. Uh, yeah, exactly, but I mean, it was but, it was a stealable car. I, I, yeah, I, I yeah. I mean, most uh, most police cars you 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 don't want. You don't want 
It's like it's like when I uh, drive in my daughter's neighborhood and I lock uh, lock the doors and she said, "Don't worry, nobody's going to take your car, Dad." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're, we're fine about that. All right, what's the we covered? All, we, uh, is there any old business or oh, Playboy? Uh, let's before I mention that I should mention that uh, apparently, and I'm, I'm normally don't like to read these tell-alls, and I am not going to read this tell-all, but I will read an excerpt. Uh, apparently, Katie Couric, hmm. nose picker, uh, according to her nanny. <laughs> uh, and, and Katie had broken bad on her nanny. Okay, So the nanny was entitled to say that Katie would, first of all, she, she on the weekends, and you know, I totally understood because Katie Couric was getting up like at two in the morning every day for years, and that will warp you. Look what it did to Matt Lauer. So, uh, <laughs> but she was getting up so early, so on the weekends, she'd chill out, and she wouldn't change her underwear. She'd just flip it inside out and wear it. I, I, I wouldn't shower, <laughs> and I totally get it. If you're on that Today Show, I, I completely sympathize. And, you know, I mean, she who among us has not insert a digit into nostril. Katie Couric was the one that did the colonoscopy live on TV, wasn't it? Oh, that's right. So that's we have right. we, we now know more. We have seen right. more of Katie right, Couric. Right. But her underwear was clean for that when they took it <laughs> off, as I recall, because it was for television. So I, 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 I'm not so upset with her. Um, we do also uh, have uh, time for this. Did you see, do we have this video here of the teens robbing uh, Northbrook Court? Do we have that? I, I don't know if I gave it to you. It, suffice it to say, it's just everything's on video nowadays. Sure. And um, there's video of you know t- masked, hooded teens uh, going into a posh store in Northbrook Court, and I feel sorry for these. Oh, the Louis Vuitton store. Well, right. That- and I, and I feel sorry for these shopping areas because they're deserted by everybody except the people who are robbing them now. Nobody's <laughs> even nobody's going to them anymore, right? Uh, maybe you know if there's uh, real Louis Vuitton bags for sale. Uh, uh, on the street, <laughs> that's going to put a lot of like uh, uh, yeah. copyright infringement. As somebody mentioned, uh, and they had hit Old Orchard in Skokie the day before. As somebody mentioned, what the great thing is the access to the expressways. See, because North yeah. Court and Old Orchard are right, so I, I could see where they could just you know have a line. We'll be edgy. We'll be coming over to your house, your your, uh, your suburb soon as well. But that's kind of hit. You know, you don't really mind it. Uh, when it it happens in the theater of crime, sure. and, and and the ch- news stations report on violence in Chicago. Well, it's fine. It's violence in Chicago. It's not violence in Northbrook or in Skokie. Well, uh, now but, we know why twelve is. year olds are stealing cars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get to Northbrook. Uh right, right. Need the vehicle. Okay, yes. Let's show the picture of uh, the new uh, cover of Playboy, um, and uh, there is a. A gay gentleman, uh-huh. on dressed the, like a dressed like a bunny, but dressed like a bunny. And uh, what are they trying to do? Uh, well, it shocked. Try to be it, relevant. It, sh- it shocked me. Cause oh, really? I, yeah, because I didn't know Playboy was still being published. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, do people really read Playboy? Gosh, they you... never did. Here's the thing: what if they really cared? Why don't they show a picture of Barbie Benton as she appears now? Uh, <laughs> but it's ageism, right? So you're not going to show, and Barbie Benton for the, uh, it was, uh, I believe, a wife of Hefner at some point in the 1970s. He huh. may have even married her, but she was like a big Playboy uh, sure. model uh, back in the day. Uh, but they would never do that, right? Yeah. Because this man 
was attractive for a man in in silk stockings and pink satin <laughs> pants, but uncomfortably um, attractive. Yeah, but but they would never show Barbie Benton. I would have liked to see Caitlyn Jenner because I I still want to know if she tossed the javelin. <laughs> <laughs> well, she did win the decathlon, so I, <laughs> I, I, I think you're probably right about it. A- anyway, uh, do we have any old business, any news business? There, that's it. We covered everything, right? We somehow caught up, yes. We caught up. Wow. We, and we didn't even have a guest today. Oh, I, Ronnie Woo Woo. Oh, just very quickly. Ronnie Woo Woo, uh, and that's I'm not being an echo right here. You know who he is? Yeah. Woo Woo Woo. Well, invited me to his 80th birthday. And wow. I first off, I wanted to know, why, how did he get my phone number? Uh, <laughs> but secondly, I owe him because I once had him after he sang Take Me Out to the Ball Game. I had him on Channel 32. And the only the reason I wanted to have him on was so I could introduce him to the news anchor, Nancy Lou. I, and I just wanted to go, woo, Lou, Lou, woo. I, it, was, <laughs> it was, you know, an homage to Letterman's Uma Oprah yeah, thing, which w- went over much better than Letterman's. I thought he was the best host ever, save for Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Seth MacFarlane's uh, bar none. The whole thing. We saw your boobs. Yeah, I mean that, that was. Uh, <laughs> and the women, the people in the audience, don't know what to do. Well, you've seen ours today, folks. Uh, bare naked <laughs> men, right here on the weekly wrap. <laughs> Bruce Wolf, Tim Slagle. On the uh, weekly wrap, the bonus round. Are you my ready for this? My favorite segment, it's, always. It's always my favorite segment because I never really understand the game that Chris <laughs> is playing until about halfway through it finally dawns on me. And that's okay. I mean, I flunked the PSAT. That's the test. Wow. That, well, that was the, that was the test, the practice test. Yeah, the practice for the SAT. But I flunked the, the sample question. I knew that, which is supposed to be easy. You know, huh. it's a choice of A or nothing, and I chose nothing. But let's go to Chris. And what is this uh, about? Stories that whether they were true or not, or how the media screwed them up. So this yeah. one is not much of a, a game as it is going through Cheryl Atkinson, a noted former CBS, yes. uh, and she was let go for having defrocked. I think they call it. Oh, I always get her mixed up with Lara Logan. Lara Logan is uh, very similar. Also, a little, a little, unfrocked. Yes, just uh-huh. a, Laura's just uh, where's she from? She has an accent, but yeah, she's a. Right, yeah. But they they're the same. <laughs> <laughs> cut from the same cloth. All right, Mister Ferguson. <laughs> really. <laughs> so Cheryl has been compiling this list. She keeps it on her website of where the media, we'll say big media, has gotten it completely wrong. Oh, okay. And push stories and advance them through okay. uh, large channels. So she mm-hmm. has kept this list going since 2016. So we'll go. Quickly on those stories, and yeah. you guys can reminisce and tell your thoughts yeah. on those stories from back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Not so, no, no true or false, no game this time. Uh, yeah. All right. So we call this because we always have to have a clever name. Sure. The Atkinson Diet. Ah. So, yeah. Did you come always up with the name part. before the game? Well, the, the, you have to have right. the name first. <laughs> well, that's like when I do parodies of songs. Sure. I just want to do the song. And then uh, I make the, the the parody. It's 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 like the Democrats. They just pick a number, three and a half trillion, and then they'll fill in the programs. <laughs> so I, I totally get all it. all parody should be one verse and one chorus. I agree. You, it's, oh it's no! By that. Oh yes, totally agree with that. So story number one from uh, August. In the story went on. They kept the the uh, lie going to November of 2016. The New York Post published modeling photos of Trump's wife Melania and reported that they were be, they were taken in 1995. Various outlets relied on the date to imply that Melania was a, a an immigrant and had violated her visa status. 
but the media got the date wrong. Only mm. Poli- only Politico was an agency that uh, issued a correction. That's the other thing. The corrections never seem to come. Or right. They're always on page 25. So, person, Tim, yeah. do you remember that story? In the Vaguely. Uh, no, it was 95. Was there, they, where, where were the modeling photos actually from? I don't. So there's not that much detail in this. <laughs> yeah. You got to trust Cheryl that she. Were, those, were those the naked photos? Because I. Uh, I do remember those. Yeah. Duh. Very artsy. <laughs> yeah. I always felt you know she got a bad rap. Uh, the only thing that really bugged me about her ever was that she plagiarized Michelle Obama's speech. I. Why would you do that? I mean, you know, take uh, that Kinnick guy that, that Biden took something from. But to plagiarize Michelle Obama, but she did. Maybe it was to irk her. Oh, I don't think I don't. No. <laughs> no. I really like what. Okay. I'm doing my Zsa Zsa. There was a. There was a <laughs> <laughs> it's either Ava or Zsa Zsa. <laughs> Donald, I'd rather be in Florida. <laughs> yes. The, there was a, a theory that she was set up uh, by a speechwriter that was yeah. kept on and that the, they did that to set her up and make her look bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I don't think right. that's. They did the same thing level. to Joe Biden, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that didn't uh, didn't Melania's um, uh, the what was her or someone just wrote a book that was like high in Melania's world when she was in the White House. Am I wrong, Stephanie Grisham? Yeah, yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah. That's true. And yep. just like a tell-all book, just to make money nope. off of Melania in the be- in the end. So don't you think they're sharks? Yep. Isn't that whole Steve Bannon's whole plan is we have to have everyone ready to take over the bureaucratic state as soon as we win the presidency <laughs> so we don't have all these hangers yep. on that are selling us out behind the back. That's, yep. that's the deep the state. Now. Yeah. How about an NDA? Didn't she sign one? And apparently it would, not. would have been a smart move. But okay. So let's move on to story two, October 2016. The New York Times and other media widely suggest or imply that Trump had not paid income taxes for 18 years. Later, tax return pages leaked to MSNBC ultimately showed that Trump actually paid a higher rate than Democrats Bernie Sanders and President Obama. <laughs> but they're still like going after his his taxes, aren't they? Well, I guess when there's when it's not all out there, <laughs> you can say things that uh, well we we imply. But remember the Rachel? Oh yeah, Maddow? Well, Rachel Maddow always gets it wrong. Oh, that was great. That was like Geraldo's vault revisited. Right, Rachel Maddow, who I mean is lionized by the left, was pilloried. By uh, there's this guy for the Washington Post that writes the media column and his name is escaping me right now, but he's a liberal guy. And after the Russian hoax, you know, collapsed, he went right after her and said she had been playing this game for for two and a half years, and and she had gone you know hook line and sinker into it, and she was totally wrong. She was totally wrong. But they loved that. They absolutely eat that stuff up, whereas we do not eat up uh, any bad stuff. No, no. It, it, we, yeah. we, say, we, we, we have a separation between, uh, uh, you know, legitimate news, you know, our pundits and it, Alex Jones. Right. It, it's Maddow is essentially their Alex Jones. But uh, they don't view it that way. No, no. Did either of you watch the night that, that, the, that she had the taxes? You know how they they always do a handoff. So Chris uh, Hayes is on before, and they do the handoff, and there's always a, yeah. a three minutes of crosstalk. And you know she was trying to kind of t- tamper down the expectations. Oh, <laughs> she had right, right. I got nothing. Chris Hayes yeah. Yeah. didn't get the memo yet because he was doing his this, show. This is it. Right. This is this is all we. This got is all we got. Ixnay and the Axtay. <laughs> I got nothing. Chris yeah. Hayes is all excited asking the questions, and yeah. she's like, "Well, we have you know parts, and there, there's going to be some revealing, you know, not giving any, not uh, any." Lowering the expectations, I guess. Yeah. 
I'd like to see Chris Hayes and Rachel Maddow do that old Marx Brothers routine, but Harpo Marx and Lucille Ball <laughs> doing the thing with the mirror, where they pretended there was a mirror and it was the two of them oh. actually walking. Oh, yeah. I have seen that. I have seen that. <laughs> yeah, not with Ra- Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes, though. Yeah, they do you, would be good at that. Do you watch a lot of Chris Hayes or any Chris Hayes? Mm, I, do, I avoid you, Do you see clips of him? I read some of his tweets. That's it. He should do his whole show with the suction thing from a dentist. He's got nothing but <laughs> saliva in it. Way too much saliva in his mouth at all the time. Right. And it's like s- s- spilling out of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Rant on Chris Hayes done. So story three. The Washington Post play, uh, piece not uh, labeled an opinion or analysis. Stuart Rosenberg reported that Trump's path to an electoral college victory was non-existent. October <laughs> 2016. <laughs> Yeah. I I remember that that election day was so great. We were in California visiting my uh son and my wife was actually confident and I said, you know, you don't know anything. I mean, I, I and I was like early on, oh, they're getting word from Florida, it's over all right. and I was so sick. And then all of a sudden it's coming around. I mean, <laughs> you know the Cubs won like the World Series what the next day or something. It was real they were they were very close yeah. or within a week. And that the even though I wasn't a Cub fan, I was happy for Chicago and everything. Th- those two events in November of 2016 are, are just... Hell was very cold that oh, day. Oh, I mean, I loved that. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> he actually won. I mean, I saw a, a former colleague of mine at Channel 5, and they weren't allowed you know, to opine, but she went on Twitter and, you know, in a passive-aggressive way was saying there was a story about... Uh, applications for uh, passports to Canada had jumped dramatically. <laughs> yeah, as we know, Alex Baldwin and everybody yeah, moved please, to Canada as a result please. of that. And I was like, I was so delirious over that <laughs> victory, <laughs> you know, that I didn't even care that he, you know, caused a riot four years later. <laughs> but um, it was just it on the lips. There's a lot to be said for it. Right, let's do two more. Okay. Early, I didn't know this happened. Early on election night, the Detroit Free Press called the state of Michigan for Hillary Clinton, and Trump actually won. This was a Dewey Truman sure, type thing. Yeah. I, did, I did not know that happened. Well, they did. They have that. Was it was Newsweek? The Madam President that they already ran the cover. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, that's the, you can't get more Dewey was, Truman than that. Yeah. Wasn't that's, it? Wasn't it an online thing that they had ready to publish, and someone accidentally published? Oh, yeah, it too yeah. Quick that that, that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. I mean, there was a. Uh, after, uh, after, and of course, this with magazine publishing the way it was back in, in the day, uh, after Kennedy was assassinated, I believe there was a Life or Look magazine that came out that said, can Kennedy win? Uh, <laughs> you know, well, well, because that's just the way the public, oh, we can't stop the gears on this one. The Gutenberg Press has already imprinted this one. Yeah. One more. January 2017, CNN claimed that Nancy Sinatra was not happy at her father's song being used at Trump's inauguration. Sinatra responded, that's not true. I never said that. Why do you lie, CNN? Actually, I'm wishing him the best. Really? Huh. She actually said that? Yes. I don't See, I that. wish they would have played her song, These Boots Are Made for Walking. <laughs> you know, that full metal jacket feeling. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That would have been good. <laughs> that would have been good. Oh, that's it. Well, you yeah. want to do one more? We got, oh, sure. Go more. ahead. We got time. for. I remember this one vividly. Zeke Miller of Time reported that President Trump had removed the bust of civil rights leader Martin Luther King from the Oval Office. The news went viral. It was false. And the correction 
came uh, hours later. I believe I believe that was true, and he replaced it with a bust of Randy Macho Man Savage, as I recall. <laughs> no, he did. He did. He did. But 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 of course, Obama removes the Churchill, Churchill bust. Churchill, because he was a colonizer. But the, saved us. Yeah. Saved our stories. Yeah. 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 But uh, if I recall in the story, Zeke Miller was literally standing next to Sean Spicer when he sent the tweet. He never asked anybody, like, oh you guys removed the bus. No, re- you know, reporting would be, don't you look, you do no, more for a looking. No. Do you remember, have you seen The Crown, where, uh, have you seen the, the series of The Crown, where they show Churchill, John Lithgow plays uh, Churchill, and they try to, I mean, they make these episodes so long. You, there are so many scenes of Lithgow climbing stairs. That as Churchill with a cane. <laughs> oh, get up there already, Winston. Don't you? I mean, it just here comes Churchill visiting the Queen, and it's okay. You get a get you know Clunk. get a, get coffee or Clunk. popcorn right now. So it's still my only complaint about the Crown. Everything else is totally factual. All right, that is it for this week. No double bonus round, d- double jeopardy. That's it for us. Thanks so much, Tim. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. 